0: What does sitting in a canteen at 1.15 in the afternoon have to do with being successful in your career or your life? It's a fascinating topic. In this week's podcast, I sit down with a big program manager and a man who's delivered loads of big projects worth £3 billion, Mike Hedges. As we discuss, what are the skills you can learn, the soft skills and the hard skills that can help you get work done, get stuff done in big organizations? It gets a bit theoretic sometimes and it gets a bit technical sometimes, but you have to stick with this. If you're at the top of your organization, in the middle or at the bottom, we can all learn so much from someone who's, who's achieved so much. We can learn so much around how to get stuff done. Take these steps and I guarantee you, it'll make all the difference to how you move and operate and how you succeed at your work. Stay tuned and listen in to this next podcast. Welcome to the You Unleashed podcast with Femi Akiniemi, the podcast where we share ideas on how to rock it in the workplace and just life in general. Sometimes I use stories from my past and trust me, I have got some, but other times I'm humble enough to know there are people who know a lot more than I do. So I bring them in and we just talk about stuff and hopefully give you stuff that you can learn and make you become unleashed in whatever it is you do. You know what I usually say, I've become a believer that done is better than perfect. So whatever it is you want to do, just start and perfection comes later. With that said, let's get into it. Now, this week, I've got a special guest. Now, over my years in my career, one of the things I found that was the biggest challenge was always getting stuff done. Now, if this wasn't a podcast, and if this wasn't going out to people of all ages, I would probably swear, but it's getting stuff done, if you know what stuff means, the brown stuff, getting stuff done in organisations can sometimes be a challenge. It's from dealing with senior leaders, it's from dealing with the politics, it's just dealing with everything. It can be a nightmare. And if you're not careful, it can distract you from the job at hand, which is delivering the project, delivering the business, closing the sale. So this one's for everyone who, wants to, who works with big organizations, small, um, if you're a small business or a consultant, or just someone looking to rise up. So this week, I've got a great, great person who I've worked with. Now, some of you may not know, but in one of my earlier podcasts, when I spoke about managing relationships, he won't know it, but I referenced him. Because one of the things he always says was, stick to the facts. And I learned that from him. It gives me great pleasure to welcome Mike Hedges. Now, Mike has been in leadership roles in over £3 billion worth of projects, programs across technology and business change for banking, asset management, insurance, telecoms, management consulting, and other organizations. He's a senior program and portfolio leader, and he's a coach with deep and broad experiences of success and delivery of different types of change initiatives, working with sponsors, seniors, execs, CFO, COO, CIO, CTOs, the C-suite basically, he's worked with all of them. Now what gives, me, what gives me even more confidence is I've worked with Mike and I've seen the way he navigates these hallways and he works with these people to get stuff done. And I've always admired, I've been in a meeting where we've had to give them really bad news and we came out and everyone was laughing and smiling and I said, when I get a chat, I've got to get him on. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce and to bring on board Mike Hedges. Mike, thanks for coming. Thank you for, for inviting
1: me, Femi. Really pleased to be here today, and uh, you know, catch up at last. It's uh, yeah, great to talk.
0: Yeah, great to. I mean, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I, in the intro, when I said it, um, I did reference you once that there's someone I work with who I um consider a, a mentor because um in this program space because. I remember when we were working on that huge uh, multi-billion project, I think it was SAP or something, and there was a number of times when we just had to give some bad news. And you just seemed calm and said, stick to the facts, just stick to the facts and leave it to them to make the decision. So um, obviously something um, you've learned. I mean, tell us some more. How how did you get into this whole managing pig programs? Because one of the things I know is people look at the dollar figure or the responsibility or the leadership or the stress let's not deny the stress that goes with it and a lot of people run away from these big jobs or big projects I mean how did you get into this
1: well that's an interesting question I mean I um I didn't plan to be here I didn't plan to to run those big programs at the start of my career I you know I start where a lot of people do i came out of university i it, when i graduated it, you know, peer mentoring mentoring wasn't wasn't a big thing so but i was lucky i, I got a bit of advice which said you know, go and work in this particular place this type of organization and, and which is uh banking um this is the early 90s um so i've done a bit of software engineering uh, i really enjoyed it it's what i thought i'd always love to do um but i realized i wanted to get things done you know i wanted to play with bigger bricks um and and that's what really will led me into into project management um I, I in the early stage of my career i labored under some um challenging a bit of bad advice really in some cases you know um, i got uh, one piece of terrible device which I, I i i paid some heed to in my early days it was you know mike whatever you do don't ask senior people questions you know if you don't know the answer, go and figure it out for yourself. Don't ask anybody. And I was like, that was a disastrous piece of advice. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of looked and I observed, um, and I observed what the reality of, of the world I was living in. Um, and that was, if I wanted to get into projects, then don't be afraid, um, you because, know, you know, these things are, are there to challenge us. They're, you know, by definition, they're usually new and different and difficult, which actually I... This is the thing I really loved. I found I really enjoyed doing something that hadn't been done before, or hadn't been done in my organization. If it had been done elsewhere, hadn't been done in my organization. So I found I really liked that. So I, I stepped out of line management uh, around about 28 years old, something like that, 27, 28 years old. Run a couple of uh, projects, um, relatively small in size now, but actually at today's money there will range from $50,000 to $5 million um yeah because they're infrastructure type projects um again just found it really enjoyable but very quickly you kind of you say well okay i'm I, I know my technology i can do that kind of stuff um what's the other thing is some process change what's that all about and i and i realized is you know, to develop your career you could stay in technology there's different types of technology infrastructure development which i kind of knew about pretty well by then um and then I decided that actually my, my bir- first big transition was to say, right, I'm going to, my next role, and this is when I was a permanent member of staff, I'm going to move companies and I'm going to take on a project that is non technology. So it's, it's a business process change. Sounds a bit, uh, a bit, bit woolly, um, but I needed to learn. And, and, and in those days, it was, you know, as they'd less support, you learn by doing. So I, I took on a completely new challenge and, um, I wasn't particularly good at it, um, partly because I didn't have the training. Uh, but I learned on the job um and at the end of it um finished up a, a you know, a good a good project, you know, which actually was yeah, a good business process. It was around change control, change management. Yeah. Um, and then moved forward. And then I've looked for those types of transitions. Um yeah. and then I just got bigger. Um within a few years, I was running sixty million um dollars worth of uh, projects in a year you know per annum basically then running portfolios um but key thing for me was look what could i do to develop at each stage and who could help me develop and and the biggest one of the big lessons i would say big things i say to people is look for your mentors find figure out what you are what your values are and look for those types of people you know, in your organization or in your network and be, have a chat with them. You know, you'll be surprised how open they are usually. Yeah. There are very few closed people because you, your role model will probably be the right type of person to have a conversation and maybe develop into a coach or a mentor. Find yeah. that person at a very young age as soon as you can and, and find a few of them. Get triangulation of your ideas or triangulation of their ideas. And, and that would be the way to go. So just and then you just develop that over time and you may say this is my niche and i'm going to stay here and i'm going to be successful at that and i know plenty of people have done that and they've, they've done very very well for themselves but for me um i'm one of those people who got i get bored um yeah. I, I don't want to say that to to my clients but i get bored easily and that's why i do well that's why i'm an independent consultant you know yeah so i do it for two years three years maybe at a stretch and then look to move on so so hopefully that that kind of helps give a little bit of
0: insight no that helps a lot and I, I think there's quite a lot I could pick you up on there. I think one of the things I love that you said really was, and I can't underestimate the number of people we've had as guests who said, get a mentor, get a mentor, get a mentor. And it makes all the difference, doesn't it? Because if you don't, sometimes you can be shooting in the dark and then you make a lot more mistakes than you need to. Because yeah. you can learn people who have made these mistakes before, haven't you?
1: Ab- absolutely. I mean, one I work for one of the big four consultancies as a consultant to them on some of their biggest engagements on their biggest programs actually and work with their leadership team and, and what i found is you know that, that that big four consultancy actually you know insists that everybody has a mentor a career coach um which i, I think is incredibly valuable um so you know the big guys are doing it professionally um and as you say why why make the same mistakes you know why not learn off of you know the people of you know and and i look at it quite you can look at it actually very monetarily financially people have paid me a lot of money to make a lot of mistakes (laughs) um i you know there is a there's an upside to that but but why not listen to not just me but there there are thousands of of people like you me and, and others out there that that you can you know just talk to and i think that's the important part if you look at the professional coaches and and mentors who you've done the accreditation just talk to them they won't tell you what to do they won't necessarily tell you how to do it but they they, they're great listeners and and i think and and they can reflect and, and support you on in some of your your decision making um but i think the other thing to 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 be is if you want to move into project or program management for any organization you know is is not is not to be afraid um but also you know on the other side of it is is to learn to manage the risk and and learn to understand and accept the risk and i think that's one of the points you 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 touched on earlier on is uh, you know and and you know it's not being blasé it's, it's you, there is risk and sometimes you take on you know you have a business a business mm. in the palm of your hands yes. so to speak and people are, are trusting you for judgment and that's why i will come back to stick to the facts you know it's um you know, try not to get opinionated or anything like that, but but don't be afraid. Yeah. But learn to manage risk, and I think people, and I think and that's why I always say have a number of mentors um and a yes. number or a number of coaches because you get different perspectives. And, and I love hearing, and that's why, Femi, you know, I I talk to lots of people, and and I talk to lots of people in my programs because I want to. I I talk, but I also want to hear what they have to say because, and sometimes you hear the most powerful things in the most unexpected places and yeah. i'm not just talking about the the water cooler mm-hmm. but but from the most unexpected people you know you mm-hmm. might think you're running a big program and the only people you want to speak to are the cio ceo and that kind of good stuff but actually sometimes going back down to it well not sometimes but going back and speaking to the people that are actually going to be on the receiving end of your change and saying hey how's it going for you you know what, what do you see you know you you're yeah. tested you how how's it going and that's where you start you you also hear the 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 insight so say I, I put out a thing on linkedin you know with a dog with wonderful ears and i said these are mm. the two biggest assets that that um that uh you know project and program managers need is, is to be able to listen
0: Sorry. yeah i mean that's that's powerful stuff i think what and, and that's so true i think one of the things I try to get people to understand, I think what you're saying here is as well is, I know this feels like we're talking like programs and projects, but it's almost like in any endeavor, any big responsibility you're taking on, it's always about understanding the risk. Ultimately, it's about managing the risk, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so when you say manage the risk, is that, I mean, what do you find is the easiest way to do this for managing the risk? Because that's where, because if you're not careful, you can get paranoid over everything, and if you, and then you have the, uh, and you spend all your energy and time trying to imagine things that are very unlikely to happen. But if you take your two blase and to relax, then you you get caught out by things that that you should really be on top of. That can be career ending. So how do you, how do you um how do you find that balance?
1: Well, that's that's a that's a very challenging question, actually. I think. Um, the, there are a number of things, is it? Um, you you plan, you know, as a project manager or program manager, whatever, you know, as, as a manager, you you are planning. You're, you're constantly reevaluating your plan. The most critical person of your plan needs to be you. you know, it has to be you. If you're not the most critical person of your plan, then you you're probably gonna miss stuff, right? If you ever if you're relying on other people to challenge you, or you know, if people are challenging you and you're finding those holes in your plan, then you need to reevaluate it quickly. So, so you know, and, and and people do, you know. And I actually, one of the ways I plan is is to get it as open and out there as quickly as possible, even if I haven't got a full plan. You know, I get it out there, and, and people, again, you know, people will happily tell me what's wrong with my plan. Sometimes I will think that they've got a valid point. Sometimes I think actually, you know, you, I've got this thing over here to mitigate it, or this is what I'm going to do to 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 resolve that risk or issue. So. Um, so some of that I can, I can deal with, but, but get that plan out, make it transparent and, and, and therefore, you know, bring as many people, uh, into your planning, uh, as early stage as you can, as possible. That's, that's the first thing. Um, I'm not saying bring cast of thousands. It's think about the people and the roles around you and in, in, in your scope of your project or the business objectives, yeah. bring the right people into that planning as early as possible, build up that relationship with them listen to you know understand what you need to try and achieve because obviously you can get get taken away but that's that's number one number two obviously understanding what is your you're actually meant to be delivering for the client is is obviously critical And this is in no particular order but um you have to you have to get that understood and you have to have the clearest understanding of that and again that will be talking to people because people have different perspectives on what they think you're delivering and what you think you're delivering um i've I've you know again you know avoided some absolute catastrophes by you know reevaluating what um you know what I think the client is, is asking for you know I think you know because sometimes I get it third hand from my yes. from a partner in a, in a consulting business or from a cio or even from a ceo right yeah <laughs> there, there are some different perspectives but you then you know you look at the people in the organization because there's actually a lot of remit you have as a project manager as well so you there's lots of things you can do with inside you at this scope of what you're you're trying to achieve and that's important to focus on what your outcomes are because people will try and get you to deliver their own pet projects as well so avoid that if you can the um so engaging people early pl- good planning iterative planning you know be your be your harshest critic. Um, and, and then that will bring out the risks to, you to, you know, the issues that, that you face. Um, and then around the risk issue, I mean, there's a disciplines of reviewing those regularly and frequently, et cetera. But actually one of the key things is, <clears throat> is understanding how people also are articulating risks to you. As a program manager, um, I get project managers or team members saying, you know, the weather you know worry about the weather and i'm like why am i be worried about the weather i mean you know some people have put the weather as a risk in a in a, in a, in a program in, a, in an office somewhere um but think about how those are written what are they trying to say and and i spend less of my time managing or working with them on their project plans because they're usually good at Gantt charts or burndown charts or Kanban or yeah, you know scrum they can do that but what they they struggle with is is the articulation of the risk what is the real thing because when you write stuff on paper it it, it, you miss so much stuff so i actually spend a lot of time talking to project managers and to to project team members about what they really mean what what is it they and sometimes i can you know i will spend an hour just to really understand what a person is really worried about because it just sometimes people are reticent about talking yeah. about they show they don't want to show weakness or they, mm. they 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 have a gut feeling about something so you try and get under the cover of it and actually sometimes mm. you end up in a very different place but the other side the, the uh, you know could go on about this for, for a long time but the other the other side of it is is just because you have a lot of risks um mm. don't don't panic those they should be reflected in your plan um your plan should be able to you know should deal with all of those risks and and obviously then and have mitigations in it for those but you know if you find yourself having a lot of risks or you have rising risks you know again you you need to 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 be talking to people you need to but you need to understand that first you know take the time so that you understand it if you don't understand it find out before you escalate because what you don't want to be doing is talking to people who are yeah very time constrained so remember your stakeholders are very time constrained you you don't want to have to spend hours educating them or educating yourself while you're talking to them understand it crystallize it and say look this is the risk this is the impact of that and this is what i need from you right? I need it from you because that's why I'm talking to you because I need your help to resolve this and that could be anybody, you know, it could be a test manager, it could be a CIO, it could be, you know, it could be literally anybody to to do that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and I think there's there's so much to unpack in what you've said. One of the things you, and I think one of the biggest things was, I think, and I know we've kind of narrowed it down to risk, but I think just to bring it back up a bit, it's for a lot of people, it's helping them understand that, is scope. I've spoken about it in one of our earlier podcasts, which is managing expectations. You made a good point around the CIO who's a tech person, CFO who's a finance person, CEO who, sees, who looks, overlooks everything. You could speak to those three different people, and they will tell you the same thing, but it will sound completely different. And yep. um, Your job as someone who's trying to get stuff done in an organization is trying to understand, what exactly needs to be done and who really needs it. And if you don't know those two things, you can end up doing, you can do the right thing in the wrong way. You can do the right thing in the wrong way and you've not solved any problems and then that's money lost. So, um, so, and that's, and then the risk again, it's really about understanding what is the real risk. And really, because a lot of people write stuff down, I've seen it and they don't want to, come out and say the exact point they they kind of skirt around the issue and it's if you're not careful you might miss it so sometimes when you're trying to get stuff in an organization you really need to speak to as many people as possible to understand what the real issues are because I found from my experience that it's not the people at the top that under I mean they understand it but it's the people at the bottom that understand how stuff works yeah. and the more you work with them the better you understand what really needs to be done.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, I, I've I've really struck gold many times when um, I've been asked to go and you know intervene or fix a large program um, that seemingly you know, going off the rails, and that's the first place I go for me. You know, obviously mm-hmm. I, I will I'll engage the right layers of the organization, but I, I'm very very keen to hear what the guy at the bottom wants to say. You know, when I say mm-hmm. bottom or the gal at the bottom, you know, it's not they're they're not the bottom. They're the most you know they're pretty much the most important people because quite often I've, I've gone down there and said okay so what's the issue and they have told me what's the issue they've told me what needs to be fixed I, you know i make yeah. dress, i won't dress it up so my challenge then is to um unblock all the blockers that were stopping them. Yeah. you know so is it a little bit of time is it a little bit of money is it a little bit of support is it a bit of convincing I, you know i've those solutions i i've you know i've gone into some you know horrendously complex change programs i won't name name them but i know nothing about the technology i know nothing about the business and i've gone in there and i've talked to people and they've told me what needs to be done to 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 fix it and then i just go and help remove the blockers and you know what they go and do their magic and the project or delivery is, is a raging success um that that's a big secret. I just given away, and uh, that that
0: that's made me a lot it's, of money over the years. It's 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 really about talking to people, isn't it? Because somebody always knows.
1: Yeah, they do pretty much. I mean, there there have been some some there is there are some occasions when actually there is a unknown unknown out there. Mm-hmm. one thing I just wanted to talk about about your stakeholders is is personalization of the your approach, right? You you, you touch on it. You tailor your conversation, not not just a conversation, but how you approach that conversation you know about how you even approach setting up that conversation you know i've uh you know i've hung around the canteen in a number of restaurants in sorry a number of restaurants in a number of organizations waiting for the chance um, to talk to a very important people to me just because they're very very difficult you can't get into their diaries but you know that they go to the canteen at one fifteen p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon to have their fish and chips or whatever. And I've magically been there over the salad counter. And then we'll strap a conversation and then I'll get half an hour clear time with them. And not only does that help me, it helps them. And we build up a relationship over time. And actually, that is intent to build up a relationship. And, and it, it goes from everywhere. You know, if I need to go and talk to Femi... I know I need to, um, you know, write an email um, Mm -hmm. or I need to, or actually, you know, Femi always appreciates a text message, say, hey, Femi, you know, can we have a quick chat? Or it might be very formal and I need to speak to your PA or your EA in advance. So personalization of the approach, no one size fits all. Um, There's a very they're very peculiar just think
0: everybody's different and people are very Everybody. peculiar i mean i love this one and and this is why i do this podcast because i i really want to bring people into the practical real life because sometimes i think when people like you and me and other people who do this stuff sometimes we there's a lot of stuff we do automatically that just comes to us and we don't talk about it but and i think that's one of the things that uh, and you just made And I think this is worth the price of admission on its own, which is when you said you sit in the canteen and you wait for somebody who you know is important to you. I think these are some of the things people don't realize you have to do. I think sometimes we can get stuck in in textbooks and in, in theories around stakeholder management and who's your stakeholder and how you manage this person. But sometimes it's as simple as that. You hang around somewhere where this person you really want to meet is, and you wait for them, and you walk up to them, introduce yourself, and you build a personal relationship. And I think what's coming out here is, again, this is the second podcast I've done about a week, in a week where the person said, again, it's, it's about relationships. Hmm. And you've spoken a bit about how you manage these relationships, but where I want to dig deeper is the politics. Now, for everyone who's trying to achieve something – if you're at the bottom of the totem pole, if you're just growing in your career, if you're in the middle or at the top, if you're at the top, you want to stay at the top. If you're in the middle, you're trying to get to the top. If you're at the bottom, you're trying to get to the middle, there is politics. What's your view on office politics? And because I know you've, all right, if I, if I, and I hope this doesn't come off a slick, you can be quite smooth. <laughs> you can be quite smooth. How, what do you think of it? And how do you navigate these things? How, you, how do you deal with it?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the, at the heart of it, um, you got to be good at what you do. You know, you got to you got to try to be excellent. at Your core subject. What is it you are about? Okay, that's number one. Not, not, yeah, nothing really works without that. So, if you're a project manager, a PMO, program manager, change manager, whatever, be be good at that. Be very good. Be the best you can be. Um, around that, when when you know any. When you have people, you, you you naturally have politics. But but again, I'd kind of go for that first point is I, I try to remain neutral. Um, you know, I, and I don't take sides with, with people. I take the side of the program. I'm trying to get stuff done. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, do that. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be dogmatic. I'm never dogmatic enough to say, you know, we're going to do this and be down with you. You know, it's, it's you're on the side of the program you're on the side of the business because they're paying you to do it as an imperative to do it. And I will always try to do my best to accommodate, um, people's wishes as well. You know, because if they've talked, if I've listened, if they've spoken to me about it, I'll listen and I'll say, look, I will try and do that. Or I I will say, I'll look at it. And if I can do something, I'll do it, but I will be straight with them. If I can, I can. And I do, if I can't, I say, I can't. And, we will move on and I'll, I'll deal with that that challenge afterwards but being upfront and early is important as well mm-hmm. but but in that um, in that whole piece um you know so about being slick etc I mean I, I try I'd be prepared you know and I' come back to that personalization thing I, I know, know when I go to a program board you know a project board steering committee uh, an executive board of a business um, I rehearse that. You know, there's nothing or very, very little I would do in that meeting that is ad hoc. You know, I, that that is really important. And again, it comes back to the canteen conversation. I've rehearsed the canteen conversation as well, you know, and I, I don't quite stand in front of the mirror rehearsing for the canteen conversation, but, <laughs> but I, I would I would I've I, got imagination. <laughs> <laughs> and I would if you're in a canteen, do try and avoid spilling food down your shirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the um but it's 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 that preparation i i don't walk into those scenarios guessing you know who's going to be there and I, I know who's going to be there because i've made sure they're going to be there I've made sure it's the right time the right diaries slots entered spoke to the ea the eas and pas by the way are very very important people to to get to know um and and work well with okay because they can perform magic in people's diaries as well all right. so, um, so if you're if you encountering that senior board level that, that have those, treat those people with the same respect. as You treat everybody else, by the way, but, but those people can unlock diaries for you. Yes,
0: um, gatekeepers they're called, don't they?
1: That's right. So I know who's going to be there. I know pretty much where they're going to sit in the room, okay, and there are ways you can, can manage that because um, you have people that you know and you can say, I want you to sit there and I want you to sit there and I want you to sit there, and that leaves just a few spots for your key stakeholders. Um I you know, so so nothing's left to to chance as um as you go into that room. I've spoken to them all about what I want to get out of the meeting. So these are program boards. So if I want to if I'm in a program board, you know, I don't go in there going, right, I've got a surprise for you all. Let's see if we can resolve it in the next 15 minutes. It's gonna be, you know, here's a challenge. I've spoken to you all outside the meeting. Um, this is what these are the solutions that you know we have you know, agreed upon this is the one i think we all recommend and we can all move on from there uh, and they're informed to make a decision so you make it almost as a rubber stamping exercise if you can but sometimes you can't um but it's all about preparation you know personalization know who, you, who you're talking to um and again that comes from though they've got the the core of it you're in you know you're 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 excellent at what you do you're in control of your even if you're out of control as a project i.e you're, you're raging red you can still be in control as a pro project or program manager never never forget that right you know you're still while you're invited to that room you're in that room they still you know your board members your stakeholders still look to you to be in control because you can have you know they don't expect miracles and i think that's the other thing sometimes project managers especially young ones think that um, going red, you know, or, or a risk or an issue coming to fruition is a sign of failure. It's not, you know, it shouldn't be anyway. Um, it's it's something for you to actually, that's where you earn your corn, you know, project mm-hmm. plans, etc., and doing the basics, you know, where you're running scrum or whatever, that's all kind of bread and butter, you know, dealing with the risks, dealing with the issues as they arise, you know, or preempting those, that's really where you earn your corn. And, and I think that's, that's where you expect to be in control because if you they look to you and say well, what do you think and you go oh i've got no idea um then that's a that, that becomes a big problem so so always
0: you know have that in your back pocket um oh, wow um where'd i start <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I, I think you've given away the playbook in a way i mean but, it's not the podcast <laughs> <laughs> on the podcast you, you've given it away um I think I'll put it this way. You've said, I mean, doing it is a different thing. This comes from years of experience. Yeah. And I can see as you explained it, and sometimes you would grimace, sometimes you'd smile and you would think back and I can see in your face, you're literally thinking of times you, you messed it up. <laughs> so this has come from years. I mean, I, I remember uh, my very first stage gate, uh, a stage gate for people who don't know is um when you're, when you're doing a big, big project, um, the way to manage it is you have um, phases. So if think of a big project and you break it up into chunks a little. So you, if you're going to build a house, you you do the foundation, and then you then you build the you build the walls and then you do the, the decking which is the roof and then you put the windows and then you do the so if you're doing any big project or any small project you kind of do things in phases you do things bit by bit and a stage gate is just um, whoever spending the money it gives the person spending the money an opportunity to say this is going well I'm happy and crack on um, continue and then my first stage gate I didn't meet anyone i didn't tell anyone anything i just thought i would do the good job and i got everyone on a call and i said hey guys um this is what i'm doing and we just called you in and it just it just a yes or a no unsurprisingly mike it was a no all around it was a full house a full deck and um and that's when i learned the, the thing called um pre-stage gate meetings, or or, we, <laughs> yes. uh, or or I call it staged gates. Um, but um, I think, to be honest, and I think um, I know sometimes, because what I really want from this project is we are talking a lot about project managers, program management, but we're trying to relate it to life as well, which is yep. getting stuff done in life. And I think what we're saying here is whoever you're working with on projects, you have to keep them on board all the yep. time. Yep. You cannot expect when the pressure is on, you Can't put someone under pressure and expect them to just say yes, they have to have confidence in what you're doing exactly. Yeah, and yeah. confidence comes from them having a, a deeper relationship to you. What you don't want is someone's on the phone going, Who's this Femi guy? Who's this Mike guy just coming in here saying sign off on this? Yeah, who's this random person? I don't know, I don't care if you're working in your local church committee, if you're in a voluntary organization, you have to have relationships with the people you work with because. They're putting their necks on the line when they sign off stuff. That's and right. If it, yeah. So, um, and I, that's what I want to comment about. um and um, I don't know. You were going to say something. Um, were you going to say something?
1: No. I, I, I was um, reflecting on on all my failures. <laughs> <for> momentarily <laughs> the, the, um, you're you're right. I mean, the 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 proof of the pudding comes back to you know get as much coaching and advice as you can. But the the actual, uh, I've seen failure. I mean, we talk about stage gates. I have gone into stage gates knowing that we haven't met the entry, the exit criteria first. We've met the entry criteria. We haven't met the exit criteria of those stage gates. And sometimes, actually, those are, you know, are are good things, right? You know, again, it's it's about, you know, if you have a car crash and no one was expecting it, then that's always a problem. But if if you see a problem coming and you can, you know, you can forewarn people. You know, mm-hmm. you can tell people what you're doing about it, you know, and, you know, there's no, in some cases, no certainty of success. You can say, look, actually, you know, this is an issue. I think we, I don't think we can get through this stage gate. And this is a conversation I had last year. You know, I said, I don't think we gonna get through the stage gate, but what that means is we've learned a lot. We've done a lot. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to do X, Y, and Z, and we're going to recover your plan this way um i need, might need a bit more from you or i need, might need a bit more from from me but we'll we'll you know we'll get there and that's exactly what happened and sometimes you know that actually sharpens people's minds up in one mm-hmm. area it was fact that once a long time ago you know it was because the testing wasn't complete you know actually it was nothing to do with me in this particular program i was a project manager over here and someone over there wasn't doing a testing and actually that or they were doing testing and the test results they were presenting were let's say partial and they're the positive partial test results and actually i've seen it where the the program manager there not me i hasten to add but the program manager there actually wasn't diving deep enough i was like listening to thinking oh that sounds incredibly positive over there um is that is that really right i mean we're going live in two days time and we're hearing you know we've only seen these guys turn up a few days ago um, and they're saying it's looking good a day before it was due to go live the test managers came into the room again and said oh we've got a few problems i'm like hmm, how's this work we're going live tomorrow this has been going hmm. for a year and now they come up and saying it's it they've got a few problems suffice to say it didn't go live the next day and it didn't go live three months later and it didn't go live six months later yeah. uh, but uh but again it, you know that point about that is is get your your bad news out early deal with it yeah. you know because it never goes away unless you deal with it as a project manager yeah. any type of management it just doesn't go away by itself to yeah. so deal with it um and then work with people who can help you manage that but yeah. if you do have a stage gate that you know you're not going to meet the exit criteria don't die in a ditch over it man yeah, you as a project manager need to work all very very hard with your stakeholders and your team to have a really credible plan to recover that afterwards, you know, but it's not the end, you know, people 20 years ago, um, it, I think it was a bit more black and white really in terms of, you know, or more definitive in terms of if you failed, it's like a disaster. Whereas now it's kind of, you know, people are in the agile
0: mindset. You're not going to get hundred percent. So actually,
1: you know, they're looking for you to, to, to manage it.
0: Yeah. And I think people now realize that, um, businesses and organizations are incredibly complex animals, um, and that nothing is ever black and white. But um, I know we spoke a lot about the politics, and I, I think I want to come back to that because I think if there's one thing right. people can take from this, one of the things you said is the very first thing is you've got to be good at what you do, and that's the foundation of everything. It doesn't matter what you do. If you may not want to be a project or program manager, or you might, you might. But if if you want to rise in management, if you want to, if you want to rise in your career, ultimately you have to be good at what you do. Because you can't fake it for so long. You have to be good at what you do. But the other thing I found incredibly helpful was when you said it's planned. Yeah. Whenever you go into these meetings, even if it's for 15 minutes and whatever level you are in your career, when you're going into a meeting with someone who's a higher level than you, for sure, you have to show that you've thought things true, and you've planned it. I always tell people the example, I remember when I was a strategy analyst with um, a big telecoms company, and I used to do a lot of work with the CEO, and it was my first, um, my first gig doing that kind of work, of working with these really senior people, and the big mistake I, I, I would make was I'd get into a meeting, and they would ask me a question, and I would try to guess the answer on the spot and it's just it just it becomes a car crash because you keep digging and digging and digging and unsurprisingly we got to a point whenever there was a meeting i know he wouldn't want me in the room and that's how i lost my confidence for a while and one of the things i learned very early was the power of i don't know yeah if you don't know just say you don't know because it would save you a lot of pain. It's better off saying I don't know than going in there and trying to fake it because that just makes you look incredibly incompetent. But I think the thing you said was that really it's it's about planning.
1: Yeah.
0: That you've got to you've got a plan and you've got to tie everything back to the business. I think if you're a salesperson, if you're a business person, if you're a project person, it's in whatever it is, it's trying to link everything back to your stakeholder to say, yep. this is not about me, it's not about you. It's achieving something. And we're trying to achieve something, which all brings me back to my big point is this is about confidence, yeah it's about confidence in yourself and it's about giving people confidence and you said a good thing you said sometimes everything looks red, but it's they they're look the, whatever's on paper is just paper. sometimes they are looking at you to say, "Do you feel me with confidence or do you not feel me with confidence?" and I don't know is this way it's just at this point it is this, is this way it's a big con game is this about blagging it? Oh, or, or, or what um no, it, I mean, you shouldn't but at the same time you you have to if, i mean if i looked in, if i looked in behind your heart i'd know there are a couple of things that were concerning you but you still have to project that confidence absolutely. to say this would be funny
1: absolutely i've uh, you know i'd never go in I'd, i've never gone into a board meeting where i've said um if i said we can recover it you know, we're going to be okay. You know, we can turn it from red to amber to green. I've never gone into board meeting saying I can do that and thinking, well, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Um, I know I can do it. I know I have a plan to to do that. Um, I, I will just touch on a couple of things about um, politics now. One is, as a project manager, program manager, art of persuasion. Yeah. Mm. It's all about, you know, the art of persuasion. Persuading people obviously does involve confidence. It does involve the facts. It does involve a lot of preparation. Um, and sometimes, you know, m- managing other people, um, in your stakeholder group, and then that may not be all your board members, but, you know, I've, I've worked with, you know, I'll give an example, um, some CFOs I worked with, you know, a few mm. years ago, a group of them, um, they didn't think they needed to be involved, but so I worked with their direct reports. To make sure they had as much information as they needed to have, and they actually by working with that group, I then got the CFO group in more involved, more interested, more engaged, and that was incredibly powerful. So, so thinking about indirect routes, if you if you find I'm not a CFO, I am not an accountant, so sometimes you might you might struggle in that one-to-one communication let use your network you know speak to other people that know that cfo or know that person say you know try and i'm having a conversation with you know dave or femi and and femi i can't quite connect you know i'm not i've got a real problem and and femi doesn't see it as a problem do you think do you, do you think it's not a problem for you guys or or, or what, what's your viewpoint on it and hearing them may help you re you know try a different method with that person or actually that person could act as an intermediary or persuader for you so that's that's something to that's been incredibly helpful in, in my career because sometimes as people i there are a lot of people surprisingly enough who who i, who I don't connect with you know and I, I, yeah. I can't get in their diaries or whatever but to, so using that network so they you yeah, know they they bring your stakeholders in or get the message you need to get to your stakeholders um and that's partly about confidence so you say okay yeah i've heard about this program and i know about it the other thing is um another little tip uh, this is i think this is your 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 viewers and your listeners will say this is blindingly obvious right but when you go into when you present a board paper program board management board um a you're talking to some very very smart people the smartest people in your company, probably, usually, hopefully, they are. Yes. Yeah. Um, they will know very little about you and your program, maybe nothing apart from what you've written on that piece of paper. So, so what can they do? All right. What what data points have they got? Well, they've got your presentation, you're talking to them, their QA, but they've got your paper. So, they will scrutinize, hopefully, they will scrutinize what you've written. So, they will, uh, and this is from experience, so numbers. Always make sure your numbers are, are spot on and, and, and not just the calculations, but what numbers they're looking for, mm-hmm. um, especially around financials. If you've got a CFO in a room, make sure the numbers, if they're talking about you know, P&L, benefits, etc., make sure his team
0: have validated them. Um, yeah, the data source. If the data source is dodgy, if it's, um, if it's suspect. Um...
1: I, I've been in rooms, the CFO will go, or the finance director will go, Oh, these, these numbers don't like these numbers well they come from your team <laughs> you know so yeah. and then he'll not. say okay um I'll, I'll have a look at that exactly okay. yeah yeah and that, and it gives but he gives him him or her confidence that that his team has been involved and engaged so it comes back to my my earlier point and and therefore he has confidence then in the numbers you could talk about not where the numbers come from but what the numbers mean to to the business or mean to your project or program um so they'll look at numbers and then look at stupid things typos you know, if you have a typo, in, and you may get some grammatical challenges in there as well. It sounds ridiculous, but you need to take all of that potential noise away in your, yes. if you, if it, certainly at the board meetings, you know, and whoever it is, you know, you need to take all of those, you know, table stakes away. You've got a really solid presentation. The right people have it's been socialized, got the right people involved in it. You stick to the facts. Any fact, any statement you say in that paper or in that room, you know, is noted. Um yeah. if there's not even if even if you write the minutes, you know, other people, you know, these people you cannot get away from it. You can't say, well, I thought yeah, I they, they
0: remember. They they remember. They hold they you to
1: account. They hold you yeah. to account. And the key thing is if you then deliver on what you said you've done, your their confidence in you starts to increase. It takes time, but their confidence you over time but it's not just confidence. The the ability your level of engagement with them will increase. Mm. You'll get over the is is the spelling right um you know on numbers right to be more value-added conversations more powerful conversations that you need to have and something that does does take time so don't try and get to a point of saying hey i'm brilliant trust me straight away that that usually doesn't work very well at all but look to build it up and, and the first thing you do is getting it all right and i've i've i remember one client this is 10 years ago i did 26 different Actually, actually was more than that i think it was something like 36 different iterations of a board pack mm-hmm. um i know that because i've run out of the letters of the alphabet and I, <laughs> I <was into laughs> numbers. um so uh, you know as frustrating as that was for me i was working for a particular client as, as frustrating as that was you know that was fine because i was just getting to every time i was doing iteration he wasn't upset you know, he was giving me the time and he recognized he, and I. the process he was going through. He was trying to understand his stakeholders and he was, as he's learning more, he was iterating. So the fact that your stakeholder says, change that, change that, is as much about them learning as you. So it comes back to a point, your stakeholders will know far less about your program or project than you do. So don't worry about that too much. Not, they shouldn't trip you up on the detail stuff. It's the, it's the stuff they're interested. So CFO, numbers, CEO, everything um you know C O, C A O, C F C C I O, um, head of marketing, head of sales, you know, whatever it is, um, think about what they're gonna ask you, what they're what, yeah. and, and what and what is it they're looking for? What do you need to yeah. give
0: them? Sorry, so yeah. so you've got to almost before you go into these meetings, you have to anticipate what you think they'll you've got to think about what they expect from you. And I think one of the things you said that made a lot of sense is I've been in these meetings before, which is when you go in with um, presentations with, um, with typos, with, um, with wrong facts and you, they fact check you, it's all downhill from there because they just lose confidence. So sometimes because they're not sure about the content, because of the typo, they focus on the typo. You'd be surprised how anal some people can be, and and you're thinking, I've I've worked all night on this slide pack. Forget about that, forget about that. Full stop, and they won't, they won't let go, and they won't let go. And then that 15 minutes you have, you spend 10 minutes talking about a typo, and the last five minutes it's like we'll have to do this again, and you can't do that for another two months. Femi, I
1: was up to four o'clock. I watched the Super Bowl one one. I guess it's early February, several many well a number of years ago. Four o'clock in the morning, I finished this board paper four o'clock yeah. in the morning sent it over nine o'clock had a chat with um my client uh, who was going to be presenting it uh, at the time and um he said this looks great Mike." problem is it's been yeah. You know, the he was a ceo of a bank he said uh, the, the pa of the ceo has printed it out and said it's the the, the, the formatting is wrong or no was it the it was a line there's a graph around the um operating costs of the bank um it was smudged or something like that can you fix it I'm like, i said sorry uh person x i said I, I i will do i'll check it so i called up the pa and um and uh, apparently it was the toner cartridge <laughs> <laughs> so i had to get then get the x copies printed off a good printer and take it to yeah the, i'd be four o'clock, in the morning, four o'clock in the morning so that it it, it may seem extreme um but it it it's what you pay for an end product you you're that's what you're you're paid for i mean that is that is an extreme version of course but but you're you're paid for that but um (laughs) politics comes politics comes from um other things other than than just your your own preparation but politics just on that politics is needs and wants you know again we're talking about preparation not just paper-based but i i ask people i said well what does what does femi want what's what's driving mm-hmm. him, what's motivating you know and and you'll hear all well, you know it, and people will tell you about what's driving femi what's motivating him why is femi behaving this way and then you can you can you can then deal with it you can start to deal with that
0: i think sometimes you just have to ask right it doesn't matter what you're doing whatever work you do with people i don't care if you're a salesman if you're if you're if you're if you're a cashier if you're a res- if you just ask people what do you want to see i mean what do you want from this that will make you happy just ask that simple question sometimes and you've got it i think sometimes we try to guess and that's where problems come in when you try to guess you invariably get it wrong
1: yep you do and you you put all your your own prejudices are on there mm-hmm. um you know there's an interesting um lesson i learned about diversity um mm-hmm. a decade or so ago and um about you know your your your, your own perspective and um be, you know it's just not not valid you know it's just mm-hmm. you, you think you know everything about a particular program and what might be best for people but people have um their own needs and wants and, and find out about those and it's easy to it's really really easy you know you, use, yeah. you can ask um so that those are ways people and what is really funny actually as we're talking um all of these points are equally applicable if you're a line manager you know mm-hmm. if you just want to develop your career. You know, nothing here is particularly tailored to project or program management. Um, you know, I've seen people on the other side of the table, you know, I can see how it's very, very easy to see how certain people, you know, elevate themselves into into organizations. You know, these people work, do all these things fantastically well, but they've channeled it into, you know, a, a line career to become the CIO or CEO or whatever. So um yeah. so transparent.
0: Yeah, and I think as we sort of start to bring this to a close, I think one of the things you've said here that kind of wraps it all up is, I mean, product management is the lens through which we're having this conversation, but ultimately it comes down to letting your stakeholders know what you're doing, um, keeping them up to date and linking it back to the business. It's preparation. Whatever meeting you go into, you have to be prepared because when you're not prepared, it doesn't look professional. It's about control. People want to know you've got a handle on the situation. That's why they pay you. If your manager looks at you and just doesn't get confidence from you, their own reputation is underlying. Because what we need to remember is your manager has a manager, your manager's manager has a manager, and it goes all the way to the top. at everyone's, it just kind of goes down. So if they're not confident in you, when they speak to the person on top of them, they can't project confidence either. And that person's worried. So It's about control and it's about confidence. And it's, I think it's about the practical things. It's about, it all comes down to relationships. I think we get, sometimes we get stuck with um, project management process, um, um, one-to-ones and all of this stuff. And as long as you have a good relationship with somebody, you can always, you have to be good at what you do. But having a relationship just gives you a bit more slack, a bit more leeway to work through stuff, to go, Mike, just give me a couple more days. I need a couple more days. I mean, at some point, Mike's got to do his job and we say, I can't. But if you've got a good relationship, you can go, and if I tell you way ahead of time, Mike, that thing you want in one week, it's never going to happen. You might go, all right, I'll give you a couple more days. I'll give you a couple more days. But And that's where relationship comes in. It yeah. goes beyond um, the process documents. It goes beyond the manual.
1: That's right. And and exactly in that preparation, no matter how busy you are, no matter, no matter how Tied up, you are in meetings as a project program manager or any management role. You do, if you have a deadline, you know you a you meet it. You don't bounce it. If you start bouncing deadlines and start bouncing board meetings that you're setting up, um that that invariably is a is a warning sign. You know it's got to be a very very good reason, a positive reason for doing that. um So, but always give yourself that that time to prepare okay get your papers out you know if if a company has a protocol of a week get the papers out a week in advance you get them out a week mm-hmm. in advance if mm-hmm. it's but always get them out a day good day in advance um, yeah. all, all, all times um and but give yourself the time to prepare for it you know and, and you know cuz there's no there's no no one has ever said you know what i know you're really busy but you know and I, actually you know what i know this is a really crap presentation but that's okay you know because there's five of us around here all on lots of money and you know what we all wanted to spend an hour looking for a really crap presentation no one has ever put a part of my french there by the way um no one has ever said thank you for giving me a really bad badly written presentation no. or a really written report mm-hmm. and and as project manager comes back to that discipline that's the thing you pay for you know you're paid to be good at project manager if you can't manage your own time again going what the hell is going on outside going and, you know, with it that way. if you can't manage your own time how are you going to manage
0: all my money and all yeah, my time
1: exactly so mm. so so think about it look at yourself from the outside and be your own biggest critic whether it's the plan or whatever else um and always look to improve you know always look to improve and once you get into that into that approach you'll find yourself developing not just yourself and your program's going well your project's going well but actually you start to get more confidence in yourself and say actually when i you know i've been running this board meeting or, or this project for six months now and i've been running the us. and actually um sometimes i've got it where people are saying well it's all going so well even though things are amber or whatever people are kind of starting to maybe get take it for granted that it's all going to yeah. go well you know and you can start to shape um, change things up a little bit as well to keep people interested in your project or program. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating the dynamics, but
0: no, it, it is, it is. And I think the the last thing I wanted to pick up was the irony of all of this is, if you have a really nice looking presentation and if you look the business and your presentation looks w- good, you could you're, you could probably get away with it more than somebody who's done a great job, because I, I mean. We talk about working with big four and everything. I've worked with a lot of people who are just so good at putting presentations together and they look good. Nothing to deliver, but just because it looks good, it gives everyone this sense of confidence that everything's working. So I think I'm not saying you've got you, you, you can't have content or substance, but they work hand in hand. And sometimes,
1: yeah. Yeah, you can go a long you can go a long way at that and also uh, set setting expectations, you know, ahead of a meeting say, so, like, actually, you know, so you diffuse the situation, a bit like what's happening in the you know, how government works nowadays in the UK, you know, they'll will release a piece of bad news or, or a controversial change through the media yeah. to get to popular. So so everybody gets outraged at this new change or is happy at this new change, whatever it is, and they test opinion um but and you could do that as a project manager as a program manager you might have a bit of bad news but you can start to trail it and as well as getting support and help you can start to diffuse it so actually when you get to your board meeting or whatever you're talking about the right things for you and the program and you're not dealing with with outrage outrage Mm. is actually is a, a thing that a lot of people exhibit um, a lot of times, so you want to always avoid a person or a number of people being outraged that this is surprise. No one should be surprised mm. at your board meetings, mm. you know. So, um so, but a smart suit helps uh, definitely, right. but a smart presentation. Works. But, it, it, but those people who do that will have also dealt with the stuff outside of the room as well. Yeah. You know, that's that's the other
0: thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Fantastic! This is great stuff. I mean, I've I've certainly learned a lot, and I think. Now I know why I always saw you hanging around the canteen at, at <laughs> the <team>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he likes coffees. Why is he always here? Um, not in the, US, <laughs> you were staking, staking casing the joint or um it was it was a look it was a, I was it was a stalking
1: look people. I was stalking, stalking. people tell I me mean, what can I say? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but this is great. Thanks, Mike. Um so Thank um you. I guess for you it's um you're still going to keep managing big projects and looking to help companies solve big problems
1: i i am um i i was just thinking this the other day i mean in the next stage of my career so um i'm looking for interesting innovations um mm-hmm. in, in the world of project and program delivery um i'm looking to develop my coaching uh, and take on uh coaches and mentees as well so you know happy to you know engage with 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 your viewers and listeners if you know if you do a q a or if you want any follow-ups i'm more than happy to do that so uh yeah it's 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 for me it's about putting back into and sharing because i i remember what it was like for me starting out and um yeah i got some you know it was, it was a challenge so i want to help people you know wherever they are around the world to uh to to develop and uh, into uh great projects and program managers
0: yeah, and um, people who want to find you, how do they find you?
1: Um, yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, uh, Mike Hedges uh, LinkedIn. So uh, mm-hmm. I think you'll probably put the uh, the, the yeah, yeah. podcast. So, um, yeah, so reach out to me in there. You can DM me on there, and we'll, we'll go from there. I've got a yeah. uh, website called uh, www.projecthothouse.com. So we're starting to build up um, coaching engagement through there, but we'll be delivering other services as well. So, yeah, so yeah. feel free
0: to reach out. So you've all heard it here, everyone. Um, Ultimately, it's about being good at what you do. But being good at what you do is not everything. Being good at what you do has to be aligned and has to be the foundation of other skills, which is managing people's expectations, which I've spoken about in the past. It's about planning. It's about preparation. It's about confidence. Confidence in yourself, confidence, confidence in what you can do, and giving people the confidence to trust you with their money, with their time. It doesn't matter what level of your career you are at. If you're at the bottom, people need to see these signs. If you're at the middle, they want to see it. And if you're at the top, you definitely need to have it. So becoming unleashed in your career, and your business means being good at what you do, but also being good at managing people and working through and with people to achieve it. So like I say, you've only got one life and this life, your career is a big part of it. And becoming unleashed means doing these things. So don't be afraid, get out, start to make these moves. You can always just sit in the canteen and wait for someone and approach them. But just do something. And with that, get unleashed and stay unleashed.